folks, welcome to Wednesday night. So glad you could tune in tonight. I am so glad I know Jesus. I hope you feel the same. And if you don't, there's a good chance you could know him tonight. Just call upon his name. And uh, the last few weeks we've been talking about the established heart. You know, it's important to have an established heart. That means your heart is, is uh, turned towards God. When you accept Christ, it's just the beginning. That being born again is just the beginning. And it, we're to run our race and have a heart that's hard after, hard after God. Paul said, you know, after he had accomplished so much of, of the things, he had been a, a, basically a terrorist before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then he'd done all those good things that for the churches, wrote all the, what we read as the letters of Paul. And, and yet, what did Paul want? Paul wanted to know him. He wanted his heart to be totally established to the things of God, and we must too. Now, our uh, last uh, couple weeks, we talked about focusing on the Word. Tonight, we're going to talk about in Christ realities, but I want to go through some things and just kind of review a little bit. And our uh, scripture text is over in uh, Psalm 112, and in verse 1, it says this, Praise the Lord. That's what we should be doing at all times. If psalmist said, I praise the Lord at all times. Blessed is the man. Now, when he says man, we know man and woman, mankind, is the uh, who fears the Lord. Blessed. You want to be blessed? Fear the Lord. Not be afraid of him, but to reverence him and honor him for who he is. That's important. And it says, amplified, says fortunate prosperous and favored by God. You want to be favored by God with wherever you go, with whatever's going on in your life? You bless the Lord, praise the Lord, fear the Lord. Amen. And it goes on to say, is the person who fears the Lord with awe-inspired reverence and worships him with obedience. I'll tell you what, you worship the Lord and you'll begin to see things in your life that you never even dreamed of. You'll begin to see the word come alive in your life. Because he talks about, he looks for the people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. You know what? It's important to know the truth. We talked about that, about focusing on the word. We need to know the truth. But it goes on to say in verse 6, he will never be shaken. In other words, you'll never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He said, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. You know, there's so much evil going on in the world today. You know, when Jesus go, said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and then he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you shall cast out demons or devils. How many of you know there's a lot of devils and demons in our world today? Some of the most bizarre things are happening in our world today people against people and doing things unimaginable to people. Don't you know that's demonically inspired? And, and so we have to know that, but it goes on to say that person's heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. You'll not be afraid. You'll be steadfast. How many of you know we need to be established? Established means, or means to make firm or stable. How many of you want to be stable? When the winds blow, the, tr uh, the troubles come, the rains are coming, you don't want to bend over and, and, and be pulled out of the ground and be pulled off your place in Christ. You want to be stable. And that's what it says about, and, and it goes on to say his heart or our heart, that person's heart is established. What's that? The one that fears the Lord. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. We're not going to be moved by those things. You know, and then I talked about 
the first week we talked about established. Well, how are you going to be established? First of all, you need to know the Word of God. The Word of God is what saves us. Faith in the what God has said. Trust in what God has said. How many of you know we're saved by faith, by grace through faith? Amen? But you know what? We need to know the truth. How many of you know there, there's all kinds of... Uh, 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 what I want to say, distractions in the world. There's all kinds of, of uh, untruths. You don't have to, you can listen to newscasts after newscasts and you're going to hear people telling really bold-faced lies. Not truth, lies. But we need to know the truth as Christians. You know, over in John 17, the high priest of prayer, uh, Jesus is, is praying to the Father and he prays for himself and he prays for his disciples. And I think I might have read this before, but he prays for his disciples. And what does he say about, uh, ask God to do, the Father to do? He says in, in John 17, 14, I have given them your word. Now, who's he talking about? The disciples he walked with here on the earth. And the world has hated them because they were not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. You know what? They're going to hate us, friend, whether we like it or not. He said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. But you know, that first church, that early church was, was uh, thrilled that they were being persecuted for the name's sake, for the name of Jesus. And so we shouldn't be afraid. It says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. You know, God, sometimes we people go around, well, I just wish I'd go on to heaven or, or Jesus would come and take us out of here. He said, I'm not praying that prayer for them. He said, I'm praying, but that you would keep them from the evil one. I mean, you know, in the midst of trouble we're in today, he'll keep us from the evil one. He'll help us through things. He'll give us a, a, a direction. He'll take a, a, He'll give us a way that we don't even know about if we'll trust him. Goes on to say, they're not of the world just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So that's why we need to focus on the word. But the word is truth. There's a lot of facts out there, but his word is what is true. So we need to know that. We need to know that uh, we live and move and have our being by the, by the very presence of God in our life and by the word of God. What saves us? You know, we were talking about this in small group this morning, and, and it, right over in Romans uh, 10, 9 and 10, you know, it's important to know who we are in Christ. It's important to know how we got saved. You know, everything we have from, from God, we have to appropriate it by faith. You know, he's given us faith to say, uh, to be saved. He's given us faith to walk in the fullness of God. But in Romans 10, 9, uh, 9, 8 through 10, it says this. But what does it say? The word is near you. Where is it near you at? In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That's what Paul was saying. That if you or me, you and I, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and one with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's why we need to know the word, my friends. We need to know the word of God as <laughs> not second place of our life, not uh, uh, as uh, thinking about it secondly, but as first it comes to our mind. Something goes wrong, something's in your life, begin to speak the word of God. If we overcome, the Bible says, by the blood of the lamb, which tells us what Jesus has done. Well, who, what tells us that? The word of God, what Jesus has done and appropriated for us, and by the word of our testimony. 
So we have to know the word of God so we can testify to the goodness of God. Then we talked about, as we talked about focusing on the word, it uh, over in, let me see where I'm at. Oh, Philippians, or uh, not Philippians, but over in, in uh, Proverbs 4, I'm going to read this again because we need to hear these over and over and over. Well, I'm getting tired of that. Feed me something new. As I've told you this before. When Brother Hagin said, uh, uh, when they asked him, why don't you preach something new? He said, when you get what I'm preaching, we'll, we'll go to something else. <laughs> I haven't got it yet, so I'm giving it you what I got. But it says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now, it says in that verse 24, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of, keep your heart. Make it be established in the word of God. The NIV says, above all else, guard your heart. How many of you know we need to guard our heart today? There are enemies of the, in the world today that are trying to steal the word of God out of your heart. And it goes on to say, for every, everything you do flows from it. NLT said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wow, that's important, isn't it? That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to come steal the word out of you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But if he can steal the word out of your heart, you're no, con uh, you're no uh, competition to him. You're no threat to him. That's What he hears to is the word of God spoken in authority by one of God's people. Amen? Amen. So we have to know that. So it says in, in uh, Proverbs 4, 20, uh, 21, the word provide, uh, produces life, an abundant life, the victorious life. Did you know that? A thief comes to steal, but not to, but to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And he, what, is, what was Jesus? The Jesus was, <laughs> was the word that was made of flesh, made flesh. Amen? Amen. So we need to know the word of God, and we need to be uh, thoroughly in, in, in introduced and walking in the word of God. Now, uh, let's go on to something else here. Uh, I want to go on tonight. I want to talk to you about you need to know who you are in Christ. How many of you know it's important to know who you are? Every, every uh, uh, small group we have, I have a, a, a list of confessions that we say all the time. It's a little a confessions of who you are in Christ. Also, uh, many of you have, what did I do with it? I had my little book here. Uh, oh, here it is. A little book that Brother Hagin wrote many years ago, In Him, Who We Are in Him. We need to know who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us in order to walk in authority. Now, I would, I would suggest when you're here at church, uh, stop by at the bookstore and pick up one of these if you don't have one. Or, or see me and I'll get you one. But it talks about who you are in Christ. And this is our confession, and in, him, in Him realities. There are things that we need to know who we are. But we use this confession in, in our small group all the time. And what it does is we go around the room and we say, here we here who we are. First one says, I am a, a child of God. 
I mean, we know you're a child of God. You got to believe that. Well, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. No, you're a child of God once you accept him. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm forgiven. I'm saved by grace through faith. I'm justified. I'm sanctified. You ever talk to yourself like that? You need to be. You need to be. If you've accepted Christ, these are things, the, per the person you are now. I'm a new creature, and we're going to talk a little more about this in a minute. But this whole sheet goes down. There's 39 little uh, confessions, or not little confessions. Actually, they're big confessions that each of us need to be making on a regular basis. Why? Because that's how we get transformed. <laughs> be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is the perfect and, and, and will of God for your life. Well, these things right here will begin to tell you. If you know these things, when the devil tries to tempt you and say, well, now you don't know, God, uh, you, you're not saved, or you're not this, or you're not, no, 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 I'm redeemed, hallelujah. So tonight, I wanna talk to you about uh, establishing your heart in the word of God. Some of this, I've, this is, uh, you can get this right off the internet. This is from Jerry Seville's ministry. I love Jerry Seville. He brings the word real clear and makes it clear. But in, in here, he talks about establishing your heart in the word. Now, we've just been talking about that. He says, don't be shaken by every word you hear. How many of you know we can be shaken by the wrong words? You know, that that's what the devil likes to tempt us with, tempt us with is, is uh, things that cause fear or anxiety in our life. Is that not true? Because you'll hear something. Don't be moved by everything we hear. Here's what Ephesians 4, 8 through 15 says. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and a cunning craftiness whereby they lay and wait to deceive. How many of you know the world, if deception is the enemy's number one trick. He wants to deceive us. In fact, Matthew 24, Jesus said, Take heed that you not be deceived in this day and this hour. This is what we're living in today. A lot of deception going on. Goes on to say, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And then talks about the heart does not become established simply by reading the word only, but by talking, meditating, and doing it. Be ye a doer of the word, James says, not a hearer only, deceiving your own selves. What's a doer? Well, first of all, a doer is a poetic performer. <laughs> you know the word, you speak the word. You're speaking the word over yourself. This is who I am now. This is who is in me, Christ's in me. It, says, it also says who you are in Christ, what you are in Christ, and your authority and inheritance as a believer should become so vitally real to you that regardless of what is happening around you, you stand firm and effective, that you're going to stand on the word. In fact, Paul wrote that in Ephesians, over in Ephesians 6, 6 uh, when you've done all to do, stand. Don't give up. Don't, don't, don't back up. Don't sit down. Stand on the word of God. Say, no, this is what God says. Now, God's image of the established believer over in Romans 8, 31 through 39. What shall we say about to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Do you ever think of that? If God, who gave his very own son, Jesus, <laughs> gave Jesus to us, he must be for us. Now, I've heard others say, and you've heard him say this too, and I and recently just heard a message by Bill Johnson talking about if he gave you Jesus, 
Why would he withhold everything else? If he gave his very own son to die for us, why would we withhold healing, uh, prosperity, uh, deliverance, all those things? They all come with the package. Amen? Amen. But it goes on to say, Nay, and all these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or depth or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. How many of you know the devil can't take away what God has done in you, but you can give it away. You can give it up. That's what's called backsliding. That's what's walking away from God. You know, uh, we should be walking towards God at all times, walking towards his word, walking towards what he's redeemed us from. What some people say, uh, I, I heard years ago, uh, some people get sin and, and, and in, in sin, they, uh, they don't see themselves as redeemed. They don't see themselves as free and they're afraid to go to God. Listen, we ought to go to God with our sin and ask him to forgive us so he can be in right standing, go on with what he's got for us in this life, amen? How many of you know each one of you have been called to do something? We've all been called. We're all in the army of the Lord, and we're all responsible for what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. Over in Psalm 118.6, it says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Paul says these things because he was established in the word of God. Amen? And the, Psalms, uh, uh, the, the psalmist said that too because he was established in God's word. Now, let's go on and I want to, uh, I don't know if I get through this tonight, but seven major revelations to which every believer should be established. First and foremost, establish uh, the reality of redemption. I've been redeemed. You know what redeemed means? It's bought back with a price. Well, Christ paid the price for our redemption. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every person in the earth, whether they even recognize it or are willing to say it, we're sinners and we all need to be brought back. Satan is eternally defeated for what Jesus has done. In Psalm 107 verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are you redeemed tonight? If you're born again, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you're redeemed. You ought to be going to go around saying, I'm, the, I'm redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. I shout it from the housetop. I've been saved. Hallelujah. And, and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now over in Hebrews 9, 11 through 12, it says, but Christ, being, uh, but Christ being come as a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and, and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. Say, say it to yourself. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from sin, sickness, poverty, perversion. I'm redeemed from being eternally separated from God. Heaven is my home when I leave this earth. Amen. I'm redeemed from going to hell. Isn't that good news? It's good news to me. I was on my way, but he redeemed me. 2,000 years ago, he paid the price. Amen. Colossians 2.15 says, Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. Amen. Hallelujah. 
He spoiled principalities and powers for us. Do you ever think about that? You know, a lot of times we equate something with our feelings. Well, I don't feel this, or I feel this, or I feel... We don't, feelings, what's feeling have to do with truth? You ought to say to yourself, I'm redeemed. Thank you, Lord, that I am redeemed. I was on my way to a place I, no man wants to really go if they know what it's like. Oh, I've heard people, you've heard people say that. Well, I'll be, if I go to hell, I'll be down there with all my friends. Eh, you've got a misunderstanding of what hell's going to be like. You'll, you'll be separated from God for eternity, and it will not be a party time. So you, people need to know that. Amen? Goes on to say uh, in Hebrews 2.14, that through death he may destroy him that had power of death, and that is the devil. Amen? Through <laughs> redeemed. I've, re I've been redeemed. I've been caught, bought back with a price that we couldn't pay. Isn't that right? So tonight you, you, you need to be rejoicing in that. And Colossians, or uh, Galatians 3.13, it says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So God has already paid the price. We, the price of redemption. He paid the price with his dear son. So know this tonight. Begin to know that for yourself. Begin to renew your mind, just like I said. In Brother Hagin's little book, there's other little books that tell you, get in this and know this for a fact. Because when the pressure gets on, you're going to find out what you believe. When, well, the old saying is, when your bucket gets kicked, you're going to find out what was in it real quick. We don't want to have the wrong things in it. We want to have the right things in it. Now, secondly, the reality of the new birth. Wow. I'm telling you, this is so important. Listen, here's what it says in Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new cre creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How many of you know, we're not old sinners saved by grace. You'll hear somebody say that. Well, I'm just an old sinner but God saved me. No, you're not. You're, you're a brand new creation. You weren't just uh, uh, cleaned up and, and, and painted up and, and tucked and, <laughs> you know, what's nipped and tucked. You were, you were made a brand new creation. Your spirit's been made brand new. So you need to realize that tonight. Don't go around saying, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. Go around saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a brand new creation now. In Jesus' name. In second or second Peter one, two through four, it says this whereby there are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that you might be a partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature of who? Of God. Amen. We're created in the likeness and image of God. We need to start acting like Him. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So we've been made brand new. We've been redeemed, redeemed, and now we're a new creation. You ought to say that to yourself over and over. Lord, I thank you and praise you for <laughs> redeeming me from, a, from a, a life and destiny of hell. That I've been born again for such a time as this to do the will of God. Ephesians 2.10 2, says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Wow. Listen, he's got something for us to do today. Amen. First of all, it's the Great Commission. 
Go over and read Mark 16 or Matthew 24. Mark 16 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, who's he saying that to? He's saying it to a group of people, but it applies to us today. Oh, well, I'm not Pastor Scott or, or, or Pastor Mike or, or somebody, a uh, leader of the church. No, you are in the army of the Lord and he has charged you with preaching the gospel to those around you. In other words, go into all the world and preach the gospel to those in your world. It could be somebody in a restaurant. It can be your neighbors. It can be your family. It can be whoever you have contact with. You let them know. Don't, you don't have to push it off on them, but you have to let them know that Jesus is coming to your life. Now you're a new creature now. You're not the old person you used to be. I've, I've, you've probably heard me say this before when I ran into people I knew years ago. Well, that ain't my old, my old Mike Mac. And I say, haven't you heard? That old man died. And I'm not resurrecting him again. Amen. Because I'm a new creature and so are you. Let, let me just finish up with this. Uh, we are the reality of righteousness. How many of you know you're, you've been made righteous? Put right, right standing and peace with God. Why? Not what something we've done, but what Jesus has done. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for, for he has made him to be sin for us. Amen who knew no sin. Jesus didn't know sin because if he had known sin, he couldn't take an ours. Amen? But that we might be with the righteousness of God in him. 5.17 says, For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. How many of you want to reign in life by Jesus Christ? Recognize that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ not by what you've done, not by what <laughs> your, your good works. It's because of what Jesus has done. You know, when you begin to thank him and praise him for, for what he's done, it keeps pride, <laughs> keeps the old uh, sin nature of pride from swelling your head, thinking you've done something to earn it. Amen? And the last one, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith, in his blood to declare his righteousness to declare i say at this time his righteousness it might be just and the justifier of him who believeth in jesus so what have we been let's these two things tonight we got five more to go or three things we got four more to go as that's not new math that's just old math and but it says this the reality of our redemption we've been redeemed and reality of the new birth you've been born again hallelujah and the reality of righteousness know those things tonight write them down uh, get in the word recognize who you are and when you do you'll begin to live uh, with an established heart you'll be solid and firm listen you won't be moved when the winds winds come and the troubles come and, the, and so forth you'll be filled with the power of god and you'll be an influence to others. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray just before we get off here. Father, we thank you and praise you that you have redeemed us <laughs> from the times of, of living in sin to the new creature that you've created us to be. We couldn't do it on our own. We needed a, a, a one that was greater than us to come and give his life for us, and that was Jesus. May we not be ashamed this day and this hour of who saved us and set us apart, but may we be free to to, to confess and say who Jesus really is. He's our redeemer. He's, our, he's the one that gave us the new birth and he's caused us to be righteous. 
And we just thank you for that righteousness. It's not like filth. Our old righteousness was like filthy rags, but we have a new righteousness that's in Christ Jesus. We give you praise. I thank you for everyone that's sound of my voice tonight, that these realities would become real to them and they begin to walk in it so we can fulfill the plan and purpose that you have for each one of our lives. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for being here tonight, and we'll see you next time.